Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about. But I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is presented by Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and this is a segment where some of the best bartenders in the country explain the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Beyond the Drink is a production of Beyond the Plate. All right, everyone, for this episode, we're talking with Megan Dorman from New York City. You can find and follow her on Instagram at gingerricky. That's at G-I-N-G-E-R-R-I-C-K-E-Y. Megan is going to walk us through, well, what else? A gin cocktail. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with Megan Dorman. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Again, I'm Megan Dorman, and today I'm going to walk you through making a delicious spring cocktail that I've served to many happy people called a Pearl Collins. So let's go through the Pearl Collins step by step. This is one that you're going to build in a cocktail shaker. And first of all, you're going to throw four to five mint leaves in there, and you can always just clap them in your hands to wake up the essential oil. So after you put the mint leaves in there, it's going to be half ounce of fresh lemon juice. And you want to make sure you use fresh lemon as much as possible. And then after that is three quarters of an ounce of jasmine syrup. Then we're going to get to our spirits and add one ounce of Koki Americano. And then one ounce of Ford's gin. So in your shaker, you have the mint, the lemon juice, jasmine, Koki Americano, and gin. Then we're going to add some ice and shake it up and strain that out into an ice-filled Collins glass. And then we're just going to top that off with some club soda. And for a garnish, it's going to do a lemon wheel with a nice little mint sprig, so nice and aromatic. And that's going to be our Pearl Collins. I'm sure your first question is jasmine syrup, right? So this is a fun way to amp up a usual simple syrup. And what I do is use the tea water from making jasmine tea. And I do that just like a simple syrup with equal parts sugar. But the water I'm using has a lot of flavor from the tea that I've strained out. So that is how I make a jasmine simple syrup for the Pearl Collins. Megan, so for a simple, traditionally, I guess traditionally, but people use different ratios, it's equal parts sugar and water. So you're literally making a tea out of Mm -hmm. a jasmine tea bag and doing equal parts of that jasmine tea with sugar. Exactly. So if I made one cup of tea, like eight ounces of tea water, I would use eight ounces of sugar. Nice. Sounds sounds doable. Awesome. So going down that list, yeah, Koki Americano. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so you might be more familiar with something like Lillet or a dry vermouth, but Koki Americano is a fortified wine from Italy, very light and aperitif style. I use it because I think it amps up the nice citrus flavors from both the lemon juice and the gin. And it also keeps the ABV of the drink down a little bit because my plan is always to have more than one cocktail. So I think splitting the gin with a fortified wine is a good trick for that. If I did my homework and my memory serves me correct, Ford's gin has, I think it's nine botanicals, but some of those floral notes in there are actually jasmine. Is that right? Yeah. Exactly. Did you use like the jasmine syrup as inspiration? Because I know you're like, you make magic happen behind the bar. Mm -hmm. So how often do those, you know, 
complementing flavors come into play with a uh, spirit and your other ingredients? Yeah, so exactly. In my line of work at my bars, what we're always looking at is the spirits as the building blocks of the cocktail. And if you're new to kind of um, experimenting with spirits or sipping them neat, it can be challenging to get that past the alcohol, but there is so much flavor to be found. So great example is the Ford's gin. I get a ton of citrus peel, fresh lemon from that gin, and also this lovely jasmine floral notes. And then it's grounded by the classic juniper and other botanicals and gin. But those are the two I really wanted to emphasize. I wanted to bring those to the surface, and I think they're great for spring and summer. So pairing it with the fresh lemon and the jasmine syrup was my way of recognizing that building block and then amplifying it in the cocktail. That's awesome. Talk to me about like the name. Pearl Collins, where, where does yeah. that come from? Is it related to the Tom Collins or? Yes, Pearl Collins is the the sister I invented for Tom. <laughs> so Pearl, I, I just love that name, but also it's a, like a very light effervescent drink. So kind of has that pearlescent look to it. And in your, uh, at my bars, it's kind of like blue and silver. So it kind of fits right in. I call the, the bars jewel boxes as well. So really amping on a theme there. So I did want to reference that it was inspired by a classic Tom Collins, which is uh, lemon juice, simple syrup, gin, and soda. But what we do in so many mixology-focused bars is build off these classic recipes, and we have so much more available to us, like these aperitif wines, like the idea of blending tea into a syrup, that we can take these formulas that have worked forever and just modify them to all these fun things that we have available to us today. It's so interesting to me because I speak with chefs often and I, I'm so fascinated by ingredients that they use in a dish and, and that really happens so much. It seems obvious, but it, I don't think it's obvious for people because an at-home mixologist may, or an at-home you know, person making a cocktail may just dump a spirit and a mixer in and obviously there's a craft to it but you're I mean I'm not exactly sure what I'm getting at here but like the the finesse and the balance of ingredients like these are you know you have lemon juice which can be super bright and you have mint which can be powerful and there's like a you know there's like a, a finesse that needs to happen here with with the balance of all these things yeah exactly it's like kind of going a step beyond because you know, especially when people are younger, they're first figuring out what they like to drink. The idea is just to cover up the alcohol with flavors you like, which is definitely one way of doing it. But our idea is to use these spirits, pull out the flavors that we want and find ways to like make a whole vehicle of delivery basically with the juice and the soda or wine, whatever else we're using. Where do you find your inspiration for cocktails? Kind of two ways. When we're thinking about menus, my first question is, are people asking for things that we don't have an answer to? Like this will always come up with spicy drinks or spritzes that are very popular right now. Like people, you know, we're getting feedback from guests. What are they looking for? Um, but also we, you know, we get so much exposure to new products and spirits every day that a lot of it will come out with just come about with something we're really excited about and we want to find a way to showcase it and, you know, share our enthusiasm with other people. Is it more so you have a spirit and you're, and you're creating a drink around it, or are you potentially getting a new little bottle of, of, a, of a bitters, let's say, and you're building it, you know, upon kind of a component or what would be a component? Yeah, it can really be either, but I try to take 
instead of trying to put everything in a glass, which is tempting in cocktails, is really focus on like, for example, for the Pearl Collins, it was really the jasmine and lemon that was my focus. And it's easy to start, you know, adding everything delicious into that. But for cocktails, I feel like it's important to have a focus and just pick one or two flavors that you're trying to highlight. We're digging here. Why did you start with the jasmine and lemon? Was there a reason? Or did, did you know you wanted to create a drink with gin or did you love the notes of jasmine and lemon and thought, hmm, which spirit would go good with that? Like what was your... What was the inspiration behind this drink specifically? Yeah, it was really the jasmine. I've been a gin drinker for a long time and I love a lot of styles. Um, but when I Ford's was new to the market, that was the thing that stuck out to me. And something I realized we didn't really have anything on the menu. Um, I love floral drinks, but the jasmine was a little new to me. And that was my, that was my real push for developing this drink. Got it. Got it. I love it. All right. So do you remember the first cocktail that you ever made that made you like appreciate gin? A last word. I had a last word was my first drink. I had at milk and honey the first time I got past the secret door. And um, so that one really stands out to me. Yeah. I love it. And then what, what do you think about, are there any like misconceptions of cocktails? It's probably think, a loaded question yeah. <laughs> and or very broad, but I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. I really encourage people to think, about like spirits, all spirits, but, you know, specifically gin today that we're talking about can be had in all kinds of forms and styles. So for example, you know, people, if they don't love martinis are kind of turned off of gin, but you can have it in this delicious floral Collins and you'll forget that you ever even had a strong martini that you didn't love or that it's only, you know, dr I really drink by like where I am in the day, what else I'm going to do, what mood I'm in. So I, I really try to steer people away from pigeonholing spirits into like one specific drink or event, like the world's your oyster, you know, you can, you can really mix it up. Yeah. Can you school us a little bit on, you know, you see a Collins glass for a, a cocktail that may not be called a Pearl Collins or may not be called a Tom Collins, but people call for a Collins glass. Mm -hmm. Why? Do people use those? So the tall, thin glass, and you can kind of relate this to a champagne flute, are good for effervescent drinks because being like taller and thinner is going to keep the bubbles fresh and alive than being like too spread out and flat. So whether it was seltzer or ginger beer or tonic or champagne in a flute, the the tall like cylinder idea is really to preserve the bubbles. Got it. Ah, I learned something. Thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> Awesome. This is great. It sounds incredible. And I'm 100% um, going to make this at home um, very soon. So Megan, something else I want to uh, touch upon for our companion podcast, Beyond the Plate. Um, we speak with a lot of chefs and restaurateurs about um, how they give back to their community. And I always like to say that uh, bartenders are no different. Um, you all do an incredible amount of work, whether it's providing a sampled cocktail at a tasting event or whether it's founding your own, you know, organization or, or, or a hundred other ways. And I, I know you, you do a lot of things. So I kind of wanted to give you a moment um, to shed some light on a charitable organization or two or more that you maybe want to talk about or raise awareness for. Yeah. Well, the, the really fun part about being in the food and drinks business is that, you know, you can really easily 
I think have a bigger impact because you can get a lot of people together through food and drink. And whether it's a ticket price or an event or something, you know, it's just easy to combine forces with other people. So for example, No Kid Hungry, uh, Taste of the Nation, things like that. I've worked with them over the years and you really see you can be part of a big impact, like thousands or almost millions of dollars sometimes. But something I'm really passionate about right now is I'm a mentor uh, via Speed Rack, which is a female bartending competition. Um, It's been on pause the past year, but has grown globally. And what we found is we can really help younger women in this industry just by sharing our own stories and what's worked for us. And I think that one-on-one commitment to someone is really great, especially right now as people are trying to get their careers back on track. So sharing via that program has been really rewarding for me. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I said this a hundred times, but I'll probably say it a hundred more. At least I always say to people listening, you know, people reach out to us and they say, oh, we'd love to give back to this organization or how can we help? And it's, there, there's a ton of ways you can help. You know, some people may have money to give, which goes a long way. Some people may have time to give and volunteer, which goes a long way. And some people have a voice, you know, to use, whether it's their own voice or through social, their social media voice. So super cool hearing about that uh, mentoring program. That's awesome. Awesome. Let's wrap it up here and do a little uh, speed round action. What do you say? I'm ready for it. Throw it my way. (laughs) All right. Question one, name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. Well, a sidecar was my interview drink at one of my first jobs. So it both stresses me out and gives me fun memories. (laughs) (laughs) Last cocktail you made at home. Aperol Spritz. Name a smell behind the bar that you love. Ooh, fresh cucumbers being sliced up. Mm. Smell behind the bar you hate. Oh, you know, when somebody didn't clean the mats, that is the worst smell. (laughs) One cocktail every home bartender should have in their repertoire. I think making a great Manhattan as a nightcap is just an elegant home bar move that everybody should have down. Love it. Awesome. Megan, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. This drink sounds incredible. I'm sure plenty of people are going to mix it up at home or get some inspiration, you know, behind their own bar. And and thanks for sharing that work you do in terms of giving back to the community. That's fantastic. We love it. Thank you for having me. Happy gin drinking, everyone. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode was produced by myself, along with Ian Cohen, Joe Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Kathy's Plate or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Plate Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Kathy.